Hello and welcome to Smallville Chronicles. I'm Lou Gonzalez, and with me, my co-host, Alan Muir. Good morning, sure. Smallville, Kansas! I was trying to go for a go- good morning Vietnam. Good morning Vietnam, yeah. yeah. So, we are going to be covering every episode of Smallville, which is kind of like the godfather of the modern-day superhero TV show. I feel like everything, especially on the CW, is a direct has direct lineage, including, which I didn't even know until I started doing research, that really terrible show on Fox called Goth. Yes, uh, at the time that, they wanted to, there were two shows in development. One was a show about Superman called Smallville, and one about Bruce Wayne, a young Bruce Wayne. And yeah. while it wasn't really... While the show says it's the main character is James Gordon... It's like it's you're talking about Gotham or the show that they were writing. I'm comparing uh, Gotham Gotham and and the the young Bruce Wayne series. They were like not; they were totally different. Like not even close. The only the only similarity was that Bruce Wayne, the the Bruce Wayne's origin happened. And the reason that the, the the reason Warner Brothers went with Smallville is because if you take the costume off out of or if you take the cost if you get rid of the costume for uh, for Superman, he's still Superman. He still has the powers. Still has everything. If you take the suit out of Batman, you get you just have a kid. You just have a young kid who knows kung fu. And uh, that kind of goes to, like, one of the big rules and one of the big selling points of how the show got made was it was the no tights and no flights rule. So it's something everybody always jokes about with Smallville, which is that we, aside from a couple of times in the show, you never really see him fly, and you never see him put on the suit until the very last episode. I think it's the very last shot as well. Technically, they broke their own rule. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's, like, a he got taken over by Jor-El or something at some point in like season three or four and he flew but it wasn't as Clark it was like as yeah, Cal- so it's sort of like a possessed like it's sort of it's sort of a cheat um so why don't we get started and talk yeah. about this episode the pilot episode so there's a lot to cover compared to every other thing we're probably going to do going forward because we get the introduction to basically every main character that we're going to see especially in these first couple seasons um uh, and I guess to start off with, a, we start the show where you see a giant asteroid um, with a small ship hurling towards Earth. Well, the ship is the big reveal. We see the asteroids and everything going mm-hmm. going over the moon, heading towards Earth, and then you see the spaceship. Yeah, and notably, the the asteroid has like tons of green in it. You know, big hint to kryptonite, which all of this will play into what Smallville is for a very long time. And a lot what, of yeah, super- what it, what it is for the first four, three to four seasons. Yep, yeah, yeah, it is the um, this what do you call it in Flash? The uh, the explosion that happens in Flash. The dark this matter. The, the dark matter. Yeah, this is the exact same event. So the show starts off exactly the same. So we get this hurling towards Earth, and then we cut to two of our main characters in the show, which is um, Lionel Luther and Lex in a helicopter, where Lionel's talking to Lex about his destiny um 
Lionel, who is a character I don't really remember too much dealing in the comics, but who was amazing in this show. There was no Lionel. He was created for the show, and he's appeared in, in like, Superman Secret Origin. He appeared in the Flashpoint Superman uh, mini, or tie-in series. Okay. Yeah, I thought, like, I'd never really heard of Lex's father. I'd more of, like, in references of, like, how he got his money, because he was always, like, kind of the born rich kid for the most point. I think except for, like, very, very early on in the character's creation, he was, like, self-made. But I think for the most part in modern history, he's been, like, kind of the heir to, like, a rich father. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember, like, very early on Golden Age, like, way back when, he was, like, another, he was just, like, a super genius that lived in Smallville, but they retconned that stuff all away. Yeah, because, or, Kurt Busiek tweeted something similar to this after Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor reflects the area that he's, he appears in. So, <clears throat> in, when he, during the, uh, the black and white era. He he was it was he was like sort of a nuclear met, a nuclear scientist. Then he well, yeah, that makes sense for the day that it came out. That's like the beginning of like the kind of nuclear age. He then became for about for then he became a. Um, well, no, let's just say this, because for the first, for a long while, like five, six years, Lionel is the show's Lex Luthor. Oh, yes, very much. And the actor is absolutely amazing. Yeah, John Glover. He, he uh, a great, he's a great foil to, like, everyone, to, like, Clark, to Lex, to Jonathan. Yeah, there, the clash between Jonathan Kent and Lionel Luther is just some great stuff, especially in the 200th episode, which... Is that the Earth 2 episode? No, that's the uh, Homecoming episode. Okay, well, was that when uh, Jonathan has his heart attack? Yeah, they. it's okay. Clark seeing the event, uh, seeing the whole thing, because he... Oh, is that when he travels back in time? With Brainiac. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm gonna, wait, wait, wait. I have to I have to, re- I have to correct myself. The brain interactive construct. God, this <laughs> also known as easy. Spike from Buffy. Yeah. Um, which you get a lot of that through the show and the series, especially um, both, season five. Yeah, guys who are huge in other comic book like like genre related shows coming to Smallville, and then a lot of people from Smallville moving on to genre related stuff, which gets us right to. Um, the next part of the episode, quick cut, we are in a flower shop, and we're first introduced to the, the Kents. You have Annette O'Toole playing Martha, and Jonathan Schneider playing Jonathan. Um, Annette O'Toole played Delana Lang in Superman 3, and also she starred in It as one of the kids when they turn an adult. Jonathan Schneider was a coach, Bo Duke. Yeah, and I believe, and I think an episode in... It, one of the episodes in Season 1, he's playing... He, he's in this car, and good old boys are playing. Yes, I know later on, um, the actor that plays... Um, I never watched Duke's Duke. Duke. Well, not Bo Duke, Luke Duke. Luke Duke shows up, and it's his, like, his best friend or something like that. Yeah, um, that that leads into the whole Season 5 arc. 
that's uh, with him running for Congress or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is how crazy this show ends up getting. Or is that the Congress? Is it State Senate? It's No, I thought it was a Congress seat because that's how Martha gets like involved with Checkmate or whatever. Which, yes, this we get to Checkmate at some point in the show, which is insane. They, listeners, this this show went, went, went from 01 to 2010, and they went... They did so much, and they did they did so many things that like comic book readers would not expect. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen a lot of the stuff that they've done repeated over and over. The Justice Society, um, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, uh, just like everything you think of. I don't think they did Argus, but they had Checkmate and Cadmus, I believe. I don't know if Argus was like as, like, a thing was, like, after the show came out? Because I don't really remember Argus being a thing until maybe several years ago. Argus, um, Smallville predates Argus. Yeah, so that makes sense why they didn't pop up in the show series, but yeah. basically all the other things that were Argus-like. I mean, dude. Amanda Waller is... is it Amanda Waller, Suicide, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, everything shows up, basically, as we go through. Um... But that's, like, way later. But one of the things the show gets really well done is the interpersonal relationships with everybody. So we're still working through... Oh, yeah, this all takes place... Uh, this beginning part of the episode takes place in 1989, right? October 7th, 1989. Yes. Which will become a huge thing, because, like we said, it's kind of the catalyst for a, a huge chunk of the series, like half of the series. And, um, and so, one of the characters' backstories. Yeah, almost all of the characters are, like several of the main characters because you get um to go on we see baby little girl like uh, three-year-old bonnet lang and her aunt's flower shop when the kents come in there's an obvious tension between the kents and i think it's nell lang is the aunt um and nell has a real thing for jonathan while you know martha is the one that got him and there's a lots of kind of quipping back and forth between martha and nell um and as they leave, the Kents get into their truck, um, you know, their sweet, like, 1940s, like, Ford pickup truck. And then we get a very good look of 1989 Smallville, which really does, they did a good job of making it look kind of like middle America. Yeah. And as they as they pull away, we get to ha- see the conversation. It's only, like, a couple of lines between Martha and Jonathan about um, kind of her despair of the fact that they can't have a child. Yeah, she says that I see a little face, it's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, and it's, in a couple of lines, you really get to see, like, the pain that Martha has, like, leading to it, which makes the moment when they find Clark, or as we'll hear, when he finds them, um, so impactful. And then, just to bring up, uh, Lana was actually a character, not originally Superman, but Superboy, which will come up a lot, I think, when we go cover the show, because they never call him Superboy, in the show, um, even though that's kind of what he is, and it all was a rights thing. Um, yeah, between the... Uh... Cisco and... Um, I can't remember his name that wrote Superman. But um, Lana was actually created by Bill Finger, uh, who's the guy who actually Siegel created Siegel and Schuster. Siegel and Schuster, yeah. Because they, um, they had written Superman, but kind of under the umbrella where they gave up the rights to it, to DC, while they created Superboy later on under a different contract, so they would actually get a lot more money if it was ever referred to as Superboy. That's why they never refer to him as that. They'll refer to other characters that are not 
young Clark Kent as Superboy, like Connell or Jonathan Kent or whatever the other characters that they had under that moniker, but never Clark. Yeah, there were also Superboy series in the fifties after after the the tragedy with George Reeves. There was one in the in the in the eighties. It was some of some of them didn't get made. Some did get made. It's a it's pretty the the adaptation of Superman as a character really interesting. Yes, because it changed, especially from that original Golden Age to Silver Age. He originally started, you know, not actually being able to fly. That's the whole to leap over tall buildings um, aspect of like the old saying. But um, I guess to get back to the show, this is also the time when we see one of the big um, Easter eggs in the episode, which is when we go back to Lionel and Lex. Um, and Lionel is reading a newspaper. Yeah, it's it's a newspaper that says Queen Industries CEO missing, presumed dead. Yes, which will come into huge play. Um, I think in like early, like season two or three, we get to see. No, no, Queen. season season six. Oh my! Really? It's that far? Because I always remember that character as being a huge part of the show, but I didn't realize he didn't come in until after they were out of high school. Yeah, because well. I could be wrong, but I think it was six on six on that he was like a cast member as opposed to like a recurring recurring. Okay. Um, Also, he played Aquaman in the ill-fated spinoff, which we are going to cover fans. Uh, I cannot wait. It is uh, starring uh, an actual huge person right now because he's uh, one of the stars of This Is Us and then Ving Rhames. In this really weird... Justin Hartley, Ving Rhames, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh my god. It's insane. Yeah, it's amazing it's... That, it, that it didn't get picked up yet. Birds of Prey ran. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that weird Wonder Woman show that they um, did a pilot of with the woman that went on to play Mockingbird, and then she's uh, in John Wick. Plucky. Plucky, yeah. But it's actually better than that. That that pilot's not good. Um, but back to the episode, we actually see Lionel buying a property, which actually happens to be a character we'll see further um, in a couple minutes, um, Pete's parents. Um, he's buying their property, which will become a huge part of Pete's kind of background and his tension with Clark between him, Clark, and Lex going forward. And we also see Lex here as this scared little chubby with a, you know, no, no offense, but he has a giant red afro for, I guess, just effect for later on. Yeah, I just gotta say, as a ginger, that is not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wrote that in the notes. <laughs> that is not like I've never seen. Like the only person I've seen with the way that type of hair is Carrot Top. Yeah, he's absolutely like a caricature of like what you would think. Like his his red fro is so big. Like I hope it was a wig of some sort, but I don't think so because. Um, you know, as we go on for, like, the next shot, like, Lex hears a voice, he runs into the cornfield, and he finds, I don't know if this would fly today, but basically a teenager kind of crucified, um, tied up, and, like, has an S painted on his chest. S like, standing that, for Smallville, not Hope. For, yes, but it's a red S. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very good kind of visual working here, but kind of a very... Like almost, it's violent in a way because he's tied up and he's like bare. Like it's got to be cold at, at, at yeah. that. Yeah. Well, because it's like the fall. I think it's like 
early summer? October, you said, right? It's October, so... Yeah, so it's pretty cold in the middle of Kansas, like... Um, but it's at this moment that we see the finally um, the asteroid come in. So where Lex and this kid is gets impacted. Lex gets kind of thrown. And um, we cut back to where the Langs are. So Lana's about to get picked up by her parents. Where me? Boom. They, they Boom. Explosion. They get, they get wrecked. I think it's actually great effects. There's a lot of explosions. Smallville gets destroyed. Um, we see the Smallville sign get uh, wrecked. We see like a lot of like kind of massacre happen. It's not like your little tiny meteor shower. There is like bombs going off. Like it's uh, the Middle East. Like this is crazy destruction everywhere. And then we see the Kents driving away towards their farm. And then a they're seeing the kind of um, smoke through the skies. And they're pay- not paying attention to the road. And one lands right in front of them and knocks them off the road. And they flip their truck. And then. They end up in the cornfield. And the next big thing we see is Lionel, back where him, he hears, like, he sees everything going on. He's looking for Lex, and he finds him. Well, I mean, first he picks up some of that very uh, orange... <laughs> orange. Ha- orange hair. <laughs> yeah, Brillo pad-looking hair, um, like Ronald McDonald style. Oh, and he's, No, this is yeah. that, that's actually lighter than Ronald McDonald's. Yeah. It's like an orange. It's not red. It's straight orange. Um, it's actually the see, color of my beard. Yeah. Um, but we see, like, um, we'd say nine-year-old Lex in a fetal position with, like, one clump of that afro still on his head, um, shaking um, on the ground. And, and what is he ha- what is he gre- holding onto in his fist? I don't know. I thought it was his hair, but I'm not sure. Part of me thinks it's his, uh, his asthma. Inhaler. Oh, his asthma inhaler, yeah. Because he went to grab it, but it's... It might be. It, it, it's... But then, but it's it, but it it, it can't be because it, it was in the other hand. Yeah, I'm not. It could be a production. Could be a con- yeah, a continuity issue. Um, but yeah, we get to see like kind of like a lot of stuff happened right here. Like the entire cornfield is wiped out. Yes, it's it's literally like a bunch of like small ordnance got fired on Smallville and the surrounding area. Like it is a war zone. Um, and again we get to see a little bit of Lionel's character. He kind of just stands there and stares at Lex. Like, he doesn't run to him. He doesn't say, oh, my son. He shows, like... A little bit of, a, little... like, distaste. Yeah, like, why are you shaking? Like, you're alive. Like, go repair. Yeah, like... Like, as... Like you said, when... When they're coming into Smallville in a helicopter, he says to Lex, you have a destiny, son. You can't... We Luthers can't face it with our eyes closed. Yeah, I think that they do very good in this little bit, like the dichotomy between the Luthers and the Kents, because like our next shot is we see Jonathan kind of dazed with the upside down truck and he kind of turns his head and we see a naked toddler kind of walk up to the truck. Thank um, God they, they did not do it, do it the way they did in Superman the movie. Or, or Man of Steel. Or where he's actually naked and we see everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not that bad. And I do like the idea of seeing a toddler as opposed to seeing, like, an infant. So I know they've done some iterations in the books of, like, them finding an infant. But I think it makes more sense of them finding, like, a toddler. Um, I don't know why, but I just feel like it's a little bit kind of... Like, because in the classic... I can't remember what I remember seeing it in, but, like, he flips over. We don't see it in the show, but he's always, like, flipped over their truck um, in some of his early origins when he finds the Kents. 
but we do get the great line of like uh, Martha looks over, and of course this is you know they had been joking before the crash of like you know or they make a comment like oh like kids just don't fall out the sky. It's like you know what do we tell people when we say we found him? And she's like oh we didn't find him, he found us. Yeah. I think this goes to like their relationship where Martha is just like accepting this kind of amazing gift from nowhere because it's exactly what she wanted. And Jonathan is this questioning kind of afraid of consequences and not knowing how to deal with things. Well, it's a bit of foresh- it was foreshadowed when she made when Lana asked her if she wanted to make a wish. She did make a wish. The wish came true. Yep. Sort of. Um, and then we get. Um, I'm not sure. Is there anything else you want to talk about of this like past section? It is a pretty decent chunk of the episode. It's a good like ten to I don't know like thirteen minutes of like a forty-something minute episode. Uh, I don't know if the war if the Smallville world takes place. Like I know it's a different. I know it's it's a like in it was about two like near ten years ago. I was playing Dragon Age, the original Dragon Age, on on my Xbox 360, and they have random events that happen throughout the game. A, a meteor hits a uh, a spot, and it's just a random cutscene. Two, an old man and an old woman come by. Oh look, there's a boy. And they they take him and walk off, and I was like. I have no idea what they're talking about. What is this supposed to mean? Oh, wow. I remember playing that game, and uh, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, it's it's one of the uh, random encounters. Oh, uh, okay. That's kind of awesome. Um, yeah, I guess um, we kind of... The show now flashes forward, and we get to see our first shot of Tom Welling uh, as Clark Kent, sitting in what I like to call his uh, Barn of Solitude. Um, and we get to see him doing proto-Googling, um, and we see a couple of, uh, screenshots of what he's looking at. Yeah, it's like teen sets, or teen breaks record, fastest man alive, which is a, obviously a hint, or is a, uh, reference to the Flash. I think there's another one that has to do with, like, a kid lifting up a car in China or something like that. Yeah, which is... Which predicted new Superman. Yeah. Um, but we get to see, like, really early on, the relationship between Clark and Jonathan and Martha, like the three of them. Because he leaves the loft, he goes, he pulls up a permission slip, so we immediately get to see that he's in school, um, and that he wants to play football. And Jonathan immediately is the... Um, I'm not worried about what you'll do, but, like, in the heat of the game, you don't know what someone else will do, and I'm afraid someone's going to get hurt. I'm afraid it's this constant thing with yeah. thing, which we get to see here is his fear. It's not his fear. It's more of his apprehension and caution. Um, I say fear because it's not his fear of what Clark will do. It's his uh, fear of what, the world, it, yeah, what, what the, world, the world will do yeah. with Clark. Also, Clark mentions that, and it's brought up again in a future, like, in... Uh, an episode or two later, that jo- Jonathan played uh, football. In uh, football, yes. And yeah, it, he set a record. In yeah, two? he's kind of like Hank Hill. Like he was the quarterback, I think, or something like that. Like he was the superstar of the town. He's that guy that was 
which again goes to Lana's aunt. Like he was the cool guy in high school. He just inherited his father's farm. He never went pro, but he's kind of this like local legend character. Um, I'm trying to think. So, and then basically right after this is that we see our first use of um, superpower, which is Clark is late for his boss. He misses it. And we get a quick shot of our two compatriots for a good chunk of this, uh, well, one we see for the entire series of the show. The other one only sticks around for three seasons. And um, shows up again a few years later. Yeah, in a random episode, yeah. And is basically marketing. Yep. Um, but we see Chloe and Pete. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. But we do see Clark's first use of a superpower, which is his super speed. Um, and and it's, fun- it's not a, like the, the jovial, like having fun with it that we see in The Flash. Or at least we see in the in the pilot, the scene where he's where Barry is running and and they do it a mid like a split second take where he's po- sort of posed. Mm-hmm. And he goes Yahoo! Yeah, no, we Tom, see. Tom like... does a similar thing where he just looks up with a smile with a little grin and just starts running. Yeah, and we see like the kind of line through the cornfield as we like pull away. And I do want to say like for a show that's. Um, so this is 2001, 17 years old. It, the effect looks barely different from today. His little, which we see multiple times, his speed effect. I, I think I've even heard in other shows and interviews that like it's literally like the exact same effects where they have like the air cannon just kind of go poof whenever he runs. They use the exact same thing in Flash and Supergirl today that they used in Smallville then. Um, but we can go back to his two buddies, which um, Pete and Chloe on the bus. Pete Ross, uh, the third, or no, no, I'm thinking Sam Jones, the third. Pete Ross and Chloe Sullivan. Yes. So Pete is a comic book character that's been around forever. Um, this is actually, I think, the first live-action version of Pete that we get. Um, I tried to look it up. I don't think he ever showed up in any of the other TV shows or movies in the past. But most of them never really concentrated much on his Smallville. I think Lana's the only other character we ever saw from Smallville, besides his parents, um, in any of the Superman movies. Prior to uh, this, prior to Smallville, and I believe even after Smallville, Pete Sam Jones the Third's portrayal of him, they they never. This was the first, and they haven't done it since of having a African American. Oh, as Pete? No. Yeah. Yeah, we do see Pete in Man of Steel. He's the. Um... Bully. The kind, he's the bully, uh, and then he's also the kid that sees Clark lift the bus up in that movie. Um, and I believe we actually see an adult version when Lois goes to Smallville. That's who she interviews. Yeah, the IHOP. Again, yeah, but that, product placement. Yeah. Um, and then we also get Chloe. So Chloe was a character created for the show. And um, she's kind of like a proto-Lois in this, which we'll see her connection to Lois later on. But she did have reused the character. Uh, I think they brought her in the comics for like a minute, but she actually appeared in this season of uh, Supergirl. Yeah, I remember. Not the that. actress, the character. Which oh, the yeah, actress... it was, it... <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason. We won't <laughs> yeah. say. You can obviously just Google. Yes, you can just do some Googling. Google Allison and... Mack, and you'll yes. come up with a lot. So like a lot of... Don't Google, bang it. Yeah, like a lot of things that's going on in Hollywood, um, you know, something from 17 years ago doesn't... Yeah, you know, the people and the things that happen don't necessarily fit. I'm sure we will find episodes that would be appalling in today's world that would never make it to TV in this show. Um, I'm sure we'll end up getting there, but like this, in fact, this episode has like a ton to do with school bullying. We definitely 
get to see like a whole bunch of stuff and you know i don't remember other there's i'm sure there's gonna be someone else in the show that comes up that's problematic um i guess we could move on so like we go from so clark shows up and we get to see the relationship between clark chloe and pete um this will go on for these three seasons and for chloe and clark pretty much the entire series until like the very end which is that they're part of this weird i don't even know how to call it how many points of a love it's not even trying to love rhombus yes it's like a love hydra um because pete loves chloe but doesn't say anything chloe loves clark but doesn't say anything but pete knows that she likes clark clark doesn't know either of those things clark likes lana everybody knows clark likes lana and then lana's dating always someone else at this juncture it happens to be whitney who was named who guys whitney was named after or the character was named after whitney ellsworth who ran dc during the again the george reeves era like the 50s six or the 50s and 60s oh, i did not know that that's pretty interesting and that's again goes to what i think we see in all the movies and all the comic shows where they kind of do these little easter egg hints to those who came before yeah and one of just one like everyone has bad like you have to admit some everyone has bad ideas when the ellsworth actually this is this is sort of in that like in this what do you call the two circles or the two circles that are entwined a, a pie chart no, no, two circles. No, no. Um, Entwine with with. Yeah, they have the section in the middle. It's in that like, in that middle section. There's uh, the Adventures of Super Pup, which was. Oh my god. Yeah, this was created after George Reeves passed away. It, well, it, it was sort of it was created, but never it was no one picked it up. So that's like proto crypto. Like Super Pup is kind of is that the idea that they turn no, into crypto later on or now? No, it's actually. It's just the adventures of Superman, but everyone is an animal. Oh, okay. Like, um, I remember that. I think they turned it into, like, an actual cartoon at some point for, like, Cartoon Network or something. But I think they didn't call it Super Pop. They went with Crypto. But there was, like, Crypto. There was, like, the Bat Dog. I think there was, there was like, a dog for everybody. There was Supergirl's horse that was a human who wanted to be with her. Oh my god, I remember that now. Superman, so the Superman in, in that time was just so goofy and weird. Yeah. Um, and then let's just go through a couple little other parts of this, uh, of where we're at right here for this scene. So basically we get to see, um, we get shown what Chloe is to this show. She's the school reporter. She immediately is like, how the hell did you get here, Clark? We saw that you missed the bus. Um, and Clark kind of blows her off. Um, we see that Clark and Pete want to try out for the football team, or they did, but Clark changes his mind because he couldn't get Jonathan to sign it. And they reveal why they want to do this, and that is because they don't want to be this year's Scarecrow, which is basically the older kids pick one freshman to capture and tie up in a cornfield, like we saw earlier, and leave them there. Um, so they think if they join the football team, this won't happen, um, which is a really interesting concept where Superman actually does not want to be bullied in school. Yeah, it's something that you you it's unfathomable. Yeah, and I think it was a really interesting kind of shtick that the show went with, where we get to see the fact that unlike in say some of the other movies or other adaptations like live action wise, where Superman always always kind of on like he's kind of this thing, and then he has to kind of sometimes pretend to be Clark. In this, we fully establish that Clark is absolutely who he is. 
He is like awkward and goofy, even though he's not a small dude. Um, because I think I wrote it down. Uh, Tom Welling's like six two or six three. Yeah, he's six two. Yeah, um, eventually he became six. He grew a couple inches. But, but he's a fairly big. Like, he's not Henry Cavill big, but he's still a big dude. He's six four now. Yeah, like I like uh, he has played um you know really bad movie with uh, another Jonathan Kent. He played a quarterback for the Browns, which is terrible. But he's still like he's that big of a guy, and he's currently now he plays uh, Kane on Lucifer, which is an uh, interesting take. Um, but yeah, he's a big dude. Um, so, but it's interesting to see him bully as opposed to Pete, who's actually like kind of like five foot something. Like he's a small guy. Yeah, there's a scene where Pete goes to Clark and says, "How do I look?" And Clark says, "Like a te- like a crash test dummy, or crash <laughs> test dummy," because. It looks like he's just, he, he looks like he's wearing a grown-up, like a pro football. Yeah, yeah he uniform. looks like a little kid hanging out with adults. Yeah. Um, but we do get to see right, right here that this establishes we are in freshman year at Smallville High. This is our group of people that are around Clark. And then we also get to see the first interaction between Clark and Lana. And, you know, they always, and then we cut to Chloe and Pete and like, oh, like, it is the second time they're making a bet. Um, there's the betting how many feet until he messes, he gets messed up and Chloe bets five feet and we see Clark walk. And when he gets five feet within her, he falls over and we're led to believe at first that this is because, you know, he's got the feels for Lana. Um, but as we see, it's actually because she's wearing a necklace that will play throughout, I think like the first season or two of the show, right? Mainly the first season. Yeah. And although they don't say it in this episode, it is very obviously kryptonite. Um, and she will even explain to Whitney later on that it's made from the meteor that killed her parents, which yeah. is very morbid. I don't know why she would want that, like, hanging around her neck. Yeah. And we also do get a great line here, which is when Clark falls over, he knocks over, all his books fall out of his hands. Lana picks up, uh, he's reading Nietzsche, which is a deep book for a high school freshman to be reading. Um, but she makes... A quote from it, which is even more radical, which is she goes, "Are you man or Superman?" Which is part of Nietzsche's book about like the Ubermensch. So we get our first kind of tease of the name here, which um, is a name that he's never called in the series. Yeah, which they teased again in uh, Supergirl season one. Oh, they with the Nietzsche thing, or with, no, no, with uh, uh, what he eventually gets. What they, oh, moniker. Yeah, with uh, when the, during during the flash crest, the flash uh, crest crossover. Okay, um, I do want to bring up here, like, um, kind of. I had no idea about this, but um, the actor that plays Whitney, Eric Johnson, um, yep. is kind of a um, like Michael Rosenbaum. I would say he's the second most kind of nerd superstar that is on here. Um, he played young Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. He starred in the ill-fated sci-fi channel Flash Gordon, which was terrible. Um, He went on to voice Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell Blacklist. Um, The Nick uh, with Clive Owen. And then he played the villain in the 250 Shades sequels. But I did not realize this guy went on to do a lot. I thought he was kind of like a one-and-done kind of actor, but he's been around and he's still working. Yeah, I think I'm still following him on Twitter. Yeah, like, um, he does play this character great, which is he gets to be the quarterback douche of the high school for a long time. 
Well, he only he's only on this for like a season, so. Yeah, I basically think he's playing Flash Thompson. Yeah. That's like the most accurate. Like he's playing the quintessential, like super jock, not very smart, um, '90s stereotype, which this is again came out in 2001, but was probably in production in '99, 2000. So like everything, the only thing that really aged in this movie is the music and the fashion. But he's the guy. He's always wearing his Letterman jacket. He's that guy. Yeah, and as the season goes on, him and Clark eventually become they they aren't enemies like they they're, are they're like frenemies they're like mutually respectful of each other i believe yeah but they're not buds i'm trying to think what else we got oh we also get um right here we get a quick look at our villain of the week which is what we get for several seasons in this show um they dove in this episode electric scarecrow loosely based on conduit who was, was that a Flash season one villain? I believe so. Yeah, he's the guy that, he's like the first bad guy that Belzebar kills, I believe. Like yeah, the first villain. Because he, yeah. he's, he, take, he steals the Flash's feed. Yes. So we get a close introduction. He basically, is this when he goes to the, um, oh no, that's a little, he, little bit, we kind of get his first kind of reveal that he's around. And he, the kid, it's the same actor from before, even though so many years have passed, he looks exactly the same. Yeah, even um, though he sh- he should be, they said he should be twenty four or twenty six. Well, he that's the problem. He actually looks like he could be twenty six, but he's supposed to be playing someone that's supposed to look like they're seventeen or not even like fifteen, right? They're freshmen. Yeah, yeah, but still, like they do a pretty good job. And then um, they actually get now our first look at adult Lex Luthor um, showing up to Luthor Corp as opposed to Lex Corp, which will. Again, is a huge part of the early seasons and Lex's development. And we see that his father, Lionel, sends him to run some junk plant in the middle of Smallville, which he, again, hates, and he's in his fancy um, Porsche. And um, this is after now Clark has left the football practice since he can't play. And we get to see a big, huge part of ongoing seasons, which is the event where Lex is speeding in his Porsche. He picks up his super awesome 2001 flip phone and starts talking on it um, while Clark is standing on a bridge, looking off into the distance, really emo and sad about life. And Lex rams his Porsche right into him. Um, Actually, I re- I saw the pilot. I've been I watched the pilot twice over the past two days, and a truck carrying barbed wire. Yes. It uh, some barbed wire fall, falls off the back of the truck, and Lex runs over it. And does he run over it, or does he swerve around it? No, he 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 fought, he finally runs over it and it, and it he's losing control and hits and he hit, he hits Clark and goes at 60 over miles the, an hour. They they both go into the that river. iconic shot of them going of the car going into the into the water and Clark sort of spinning. Is it yeah, right? he like kind of horizontally cartwheels. Yeah, and he helicopters like he spins around like a helicopter propeller. Yeah, and. He rips open the the Porsche the Porsche nine one one or nine eleven. Yep. And um, he does mouth to mouth. He he does chest compressions, saying, "Please don't be yep. dead. Please don't be dead." Uh, all without killing Lex with his super breath or super strength. Yeah. I do love the line when Lex kind of comes to. 
he basically just like looks at him and is like, I could have sworn I hit you. And like, that's kind of one of the first thing he says. And Clark just responds, if you did, I'd be dead. But like, this moment is like the moment for. That kick, I, kick, starts, kick starts everything. Yeah, it's the like event that is the arc for like half of the series until basically Lex leaves the show. It is like the event. And I guess basically from this moment, we cut back to is it the 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 Kents arrive. They grab. They get Clark. Uh, John Jonathan. John arrives, and he's immediately very apprehensive of Lex, who's like kind of guffawing and is like, of course, like he just got his life saved, and he almost he thought he killed someone, but instead that person saved him. So I would say in a realistic respect, Lex is kind of doing what I think anyone would do in his position, which is like, I can't believe I'm alive, let alone this guy's alive, and he saved me, and he's kind of fawning over Clark, and that's kind of what we see as of especially this episode, and um... Yeah, he says, well, John, when Jonathan arrives, he says, what the hell happened, or how this ha- or something, how this happened, and he's, he finds out Lex's last name, and he, Lex says, is there anything I could do to repay you? And Jonathan, Jonathan replies with, next time watch where you're, where, look, watch where you're, look, or look where you're what, driving. Yeah. I think kind of the next thing we see is Clark being a creep again in the, the farmhouse or the barn of solitude. Um, you think he's going to look through the telescope of the stars, but no, like we are going to see throughout the season, he is staring at Lana. Um, yeah, because his <laughs> telescope is... Like perfect, perfect angle. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, it's directly staring at Lana's house, which is where we see uh, Whitney pulls up, and just like any other thing of this time, does his whole like I'm the quarterback, you're the cheerleader, kind of like making out. Her aunt's not there. He's kind of trying to make some moves, and then yes, and he mentions that there's the he mentions the Metropolis shark. Yeah, and the and the fact that or he you can see that it looks like he's using her. Or he wants to use her because her aunt is dating Lionel. No, no, her, her aunt is meeting with is at a meeting with Lex, uh-huh. and, he's, and he says, "Can she put in a word?" And she she replies with, "If any, if you're gonna talk to anyone, or if you're gonna talk to anyone, talk to Clark because he saved Lex's life." Yeah, and you kind of get this weird thing where, for some reason, even though he's the quarterback and whatever he still has this kind of thing where he can tell that Lana and Clark have this relationship. But, like, we also see that, like, they obviously don't because she says, like, they never really talk. But Whitney is, like, super kind of scared of Not scared of Clark, but he's, like, nervous about their connection. But it's pretty much established in this episode that, like, they never talk to each other. Like, we don't see, like, I think, I can't remember what other, like, and, like, the old animated cartoon where Lana and Clark are, like, best buddies. Like, this is not what we get. Lana is the girl on a pedestal, and Clark is the nerd. Yeah, and the way he is around her, with the whole fumbling, everything, mm-hmm. they do an homage to that later about in Season 10, during the Booster Gold episode. Oh, yeah. Which does tie in, funnily, because Mr. Gold was the quarterback of the Metropolis Sharks, I believe. Yeah. Um, but we do see here in the scene that Lana, for good luck, um, and this is where she reveals that it's made from the meteorite that killed her parents, um, gives her necklace to Whitney, um, and they do not call it kryptonite. And then from here we cut to um, our bad guy of the week, 
finding one of the guys who bullied him who works in a car shop and he's rocking out to the sweetest of 2000s hard rock which sounds it's not evanescence but it's kind of in that thing it's not nickelback but it's like it's like a step harder than that yeah and he's and he's like whoa kid you startled me and say hey do i know you and he said and he notices that it's he says uh what what happened or he says what what happened to you after like he's shocked that he's there he's shocked that and he Jeremy says that, or he threatens him, and, yeah, and, and then the, the the bullies or the, whoever the guy is says that it, it was so and so. It was it was years ago. It was just a tradition or a prank. Yes, this and, leads up to like our encounter later on because at this point, I guess he's like the last of the bullies that he's picked off. I think we're allowed to believe. No, no, he's the first. He's the first. Okay. But basically, he does get through all of the bullies. So he's killed, like, five or six people by the time he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, because as he's get, as the guy is, as Conduit, or Jeremy Creek, is killing the bully, we see a photo, a framed photo crack, or start yes. crack, of the other bullies, or the two other bullies. Yes. Uh, which, again, I don't think this episode would really fly today. Um, if, if it did, there'd be, like, constant, like, if you see bullying, blah, 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 please call this number, kind of between every commercial yeah. break. Um, but that's, again, this is a 2001 show. All right, so from this but darkness... This was, of, but this was after 9-11, though. Uh, yes, it's also after Columbine. Yeah. But no guns. It's just electric powers, which I would say this is the one... That's, that's actually... Special, what are you going to say? Wouldn't electricity, like, electric powers be more fatal than guns um they well either one can kill you but like and well actually they're i can they're kind of on equal level yeah i would think the electric cars would be more painful possibly because you could really drag that out which he kind of does to the bully he like kind of throws him around the room but comparing to that's like this is the one effect that like comparing to now especially with we have the black lightning show though electric effects are pretty 2000 like they look not good yeah i haven't i said i was watching the first i think i made it to the i stopped at the third episode because i just couldn't take the effects but i plan on going back and finishing it yeah i have a feeling that's gonna i mean be i like thing. the acting is is good, really good i think the acting is actually especially compared to the other shows we have now is better yeah uh Cress Williams is a good Black Lightning. Yes. But I mean, like, in general, like, in this show compared to CW, so far in this, ep- at least in this episode, everyone's kind of doing their job, and no one's really ham-fisting it up. Like, everyone's kind of like, which is why I think you get a lot of people that go from this show, that either were on other shows, came to the show to have good acting credits, or go from this show to go do a dumb bunch of other stuff. It's like everybody in this show, at least early on, are all very good actors. For what they're doing, um, we don't get any like real cheese and like cringeworthy performances. I think um, these are season five. In season five, there's an episode where it gets very cheesy. Oh well, once they start introducing the other Justice League-ish guys, that's when it starts getting real wonky. Oh no! I'm, I'm talking effects. about the. Uh, I'm talking about the people at the people with powers that are. There's an episode where people were where an alpha male guy and two and two twins who have powers oh is it i 
it's, think is it Parasite? Is that the episode you're talking about? No, it's or I don't, it could be. I don't remember. I haven't seen the. It's been yeah. a while since I've seen the episode. Well, we'll get to it eventually, but we only have a little bit more of this episode left. But um, basically, we once again see the push and pull between Lex and Jonathan because Clark comes home from somewhere. I I don't remember uh, where we cut to, but Clark either gets oh, up and there's a brand new truck in his driveway. He comes home, or he comes back from... The barn? Yeah, it could be. It could be after... I yeah, I don't remember. He just kind of walks into his front yard. So maybe it's after school at some point? Yeah. Because this episode takes over like a week, right? Yeah. Three to three to four days. Yeah. So basically, Clark walks in, and he has a brand new, like, giant ram truck in his front yard. And he's like, oh, awesome. And, you know, Martha's like, yeah, you got it from... Lex, and he's like, oh, where's the keys? And she's like, your dad has them. And you get that immediate look from uh, from Clark, like, crap. Because you know what that means. And then we get the conversation between um, Jonathan's and the wood chipper, and Clark and him are going back and forth. And he's like, why can't you have it? You can have this one, I'll have the old one, and Jonathan's not going to have nothing of it. He's like, you don't want to be associated with the Luthers. And Clark gets so mad, he jams his arm into a wood chipper. And while he, Jonathan also instills a something that helps Clark later on as far as ideals go about which is oh. sort of like sort of like booster gold oh they don't you you're not you don't help people for a reward yeah yeah that is a good point this is where we get to see the the ins, like the the Kent's instilling values into Clark that makes him superman and not just be a guy with superpowers um but i do love that we get the look from Martha to Jonathan, like, the, you have to do something now, like, he's losing his crap kind of look. Which we get the great line, we get, again, another great line where Jonathan says it's time for the truth, and this is our first kind of reveal, along with Clark, of, like, some pieces of his origin. And they do do a good job of making jokes, basically, like, Jonathan pulls out a piece of metal with obvious Kryptonian writing on it, which is something awesome. This show uses a, a lot of the Kryptonian stuff going forward. And then he makes the joke of like, oh, are you saying I'm from space? What is my spaceship in the barn? And he goes, no, it's in the storm cellar. Yeah, that and was a nice un- line. Yeah. And we get the unveiling where he literally pulls a tarp back. Clark stares at it, is confused, and literally runs away. And again, we get to see that exact same special effect that we see today which is the kind of air boom, and then just the, he's gone. Yeah, as you said, as you put in the notes, John then wanted to protect him, and as opposed to sometimes horses have to drown, slash sometimes kids need to die. That, yeah, that, exactly. The line from the horrible Jonathan Kent from the, the Snyderverse. Yeah, I think that's going to be, again, we're probably going to harp on it over the, when we do the show, but like, this Jonathan Kent is possibly the greatest version of this character. We do again get to see this character over. It's, um, it's the jacket. I'm telling you, it's the jacket. Yeah. But they also do a great job of, like, there's a couple of things they do a great job of. We get to see that Smallville is a small town. It is a farming community. Well, um, in the beginning, in 19, back in eight, the 89 scenes, when they're, pull, when, when they're pulling away from Smallville, or when they're driving away from Smallville, or either driving in, you see Smallville, uh, population twenty five thousand one. Oh, and, really? I didn't. I did not notice that. And when they're and when Lux is or someone is driving out or driving past, the population is almost doubled because it's as it's. Oh yeah. It's the everybody's had kids. 
Well, no, not just that. It's it's sort of become a tourist spot because the meteor oh. meteor uh, center, the biggest media, meteor center of the world. Yes, I remember that does play into the show as we go forward too. That it's kind of this weird tourist thing. And I guess from here we get to see Lana rides her horse into a graveyard, which is weird, and stumbles onto Clark just lurking in the graveyard. Yeah, which is even I, there's weirder. no there's no good reason that for him to be there. Yeah, she's like, "Why are you here?" It's like. Uh, I don't know, I'm feeling bad. She's like, how bad? He's like, I'm alone in a graveyard. <laughs> like, it is absolutely ridiculous. Like, they don't even care to try to explain why they're there. It's like, all right, we need to get Lana and Clark together in some sort of an emotional moment. Oh, why don't we have them at Lana's parents' grave? Well, there is some creepy stuff that happens, like weird stuff that happens with, or that Lana sort of attracts. Like, there's the the werewolf type of yeah, character. Yeah, there's... There's like a she becomes like a witch or something at some point. They do. There's a lot of magical stuff with her. The uh, werewolf uh, freak of the week. Yeah. Was that season one or two? I don't. I haven't watched this show in like probably seven years. I mean, so. I, I every once in now I'll just start just out of nowhere just binging the entire season or the entire series because I just I the, the, I have the beginning of the series is so good, but like it's just so hard to get through that. Um, especially towards the end, it gets so wonky. It is but, impossible uh, to get through season eight. I'm, st- I've tried. Yeah. I, it's been a year and a half. I'm still stuck on season eight. But uh, basically, we get this conversation between Lex and Clark. Um, Lana talks to her parents when she feels sad, um, even though they're dead. She talks about how alone she feels. Clark, in an even weirder thing, does like the voice of her parents to her to make her feel better. And then they talk about going to the dance and that she'll save him the, the last dance. And then also says, oh, don't worry, Clark, it's not your fault. But obviously, we all know, because the ship came there with the meteor, he, yeah. it is kind of his fault, but it isn't, but like he takes on that burden. But again, this is a really weird scene. But we do get to jump from here to something that will become a staple throughout the show, which is the Luther Castle. Which oh, man. It is... Is this the same place that's the house in Arrow in the first couple seasons? I feel like there's a joke that's been made about it that's like the same set or the same castle that they use for the out, the outside shots. It can't be. Or if it, if it is, it has to be the rebuilt version because if you remember in season 10, the, the castle gets destroyed. Well, yeah, but I don't know if they actually like... I mean, like the actual castle that they use the shots from. Could be. Yeah, I think there's... I don't know it, if it's it actually, would, but it, it, would it be looks pretty so funny. much... It would look so much like it. It's not like... Again, as this is like a proto kind of godfather to the CW shows, this is filmed in Vancouver, which will become home of the DC TV shows, at least the ones that are worth watching. But we do see Clark show up here. This is he's going to give back the keys. Um, Alex, you know, not knowing he's there, you know, in big quotes, throws his fencing sword, which again, this is how rich he is. He's getting trained to fence, and it just misses Clark and gets stuck into the wall. So he's apparently training fencing with, like, not having the little cap on the, the sword. And we do get a good shot of, which is an iconic thing, of Lex wearing all white. Yeah. And they do play with this in the show a lot. He's usually in black with a purple tie or a purple shirt underneath. But every so often we get the all white Lex. Like, there's a character who's, who ha- can see the future. Yes, I remember the old lady in the nursing home. Yeah, she sees his future. She sees Clark's future, which is uh, light or warmth or something, or right? I think. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they show it. Yeah, I think she just says it's like warmth and love, and then she touches Lex, and it's him in a white suit walking through a With field a of sunflowers. 
You wear the black gloves, and there's just everything is dying around him. And it kills her. Yes. Um, which is a good thing, because Lex talks about right here that he had a heart attack, um, or his heart stopped while during the accident, and he asked Clark, do you believe a man can fly? Which is another tie-in or homage to the original Superman movies, which was the kind of tagline for their movies, or where they said, you will believe a man can fly. Yeah, and after then uh, Clark says, very, uh, very nervously, sort of, people can't fly, Lex. Yep. And he said, and Lex replies, "Well, I did." Yep. And then we also get the awesome kind of uh, foreshadowing where Lex goes to Clark, saying, "We have a future, and I don't want anything to stand in the way of that." Yeah. Uh, I don't want anything to stand in the way of our friendship. Yeah. Um, but this is a great scene showing the establishment of it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Lex is going to be part of Clark's life. And again, goes to that push and pull between both Jonathan and Lex, and then actually Pete and Lex as well as we go forward. Um, but the Jonathan and Lex thing carries over multiple seasons, as opposed to the Pete and Lex is only like a couple seasons. Um, but we do flash back to the high school where we get to Clark reunites with Chloe and Pete, and this is our bad guy of the week thing where Chloe basically is like, oh yeah, I've been doing research, and we get to see the Wall of Weird, which will come to play forever in the show. Um, which is basically, if you ever watch any other crime drama like a murder wall, it's basically her version of that, and it's or her the uh, Charlie's crazy wall from It's Always Sunny. Yes, it's you know there was string attached to thumbtacks to a million different pictures, and everything yeah. is just random. But basically, she reveals that oh yeah, this is the guy. He was in the high school then. Here's his picture in the yearbook. He he was in a coma for until two days ago. And he has an electrolyte imbalance, which is apparently makes you use electricity powers. Um, I, I guess just, so. I thought you would just have to drink a Gatorade, but I don't know. Yeah, they said that the, the hospital... Um, had like an electrical storm or something, and all the power went out, and he woke up. Something like no, that, right? It, the power went out, and when it came back, he was gone. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we're coming to like the kind of closing parts of the show, where basically we see... From here, Clark goes to leave. Well, he also says, like, this is my fault, and Pete and Chloe kind of hear him, and he kind of runs off. But on the way out of the high school, he gets surrounded by Whitney and the other football players. Normally, this would be nothing for Clark, but again, Whitney's wearing Lana's necklace, so he's, you know, weak. Um, and they do exactly what they're going to do. They tell him he's going to be the Scarecrow, and we get the another iconic shot of the show, which is Clark tied up in the cornfield. Whitney, for some reason, puts Lana's necklace around him, and they spray-paint the S on his chest. And again, this is very crucifixion, Jesus-like. I'm sure Snyder was loving it. Yeah, uh, the reason he put the necklace on Clark is because he said some, something along the lines of, you like you like uh, Lana? This is the closest you'll ever get to her. Yeah, it's still kind of weird because it's her necklace, and I'm sure she'd want it back. Well, it comes back into play. Yes, yes, because the bad guy shows up, talks to Clark, and basically reveals his evil plan of letting loose the water sprinklers and electrocuting everyone to death to save. And it's not for him, it's for Clark. And we get this idea of this kind of happens both in all the other shows, even now in Flash early on, and in this show where, like, getting metahuman powers, people tend to not use them for good and use them in kind of a selfish or kind of strange way that doesn't Sort of self-righteous. Yeah, self-righteous. So he leaves, and for some reason, Lex is there, and here's Clark, just like he heard that other guy in the past. Yeah, he sees him, and Lex is just terrified. Yeah, well, you would be, too, if you saw, like, some dude just strung up in the cornfield. It's also, he saw the same scene when he was a kid. I guess that's why he's there. He's there for the anniversary of the meteor? I don't know. I on they, they, 
they don't really explain. He just yeah, happens he just, to be there. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's like, oh, we need to get Lex here. Oh, how do we get him there? Uh, he's just there. So he gets Clark down. The necklace comes off. And once it's literally off of Clark's neck, he's fine. Even though it's like a foot away from his feet. This is like a really weird. I'm guessing it must be close to his uh, heart. Yeah, I feel like it. This changes through the seasons, but at least right now, like, the kryptonite basically needs to be, like, touching him to do anything. Also, or at least... also there's a uh, magic little, car- little uh, like, dress- like drawer where his- in the cornfield where his clothes are kept. Because if I were the bullies, I would have just thrown him away. Yeah, yeah, by the time he gets to the school, he's in his clothes again, which is weird. But this is where the show wraps up really fast, which is Clark gets to the school. The electric guy electrocutes him, but nothing happens because he's Superman. He hits him with a truck. And they Clark just go through a wall. Which also looks really well done. This is, again, anytime... The, I think there's the effects that don't look good or any of the things that are, like, kind of CGI, which would make sense because it's 2001. Practical effects all look very good. When he tears... So, like, he gets hit through the wall, he tears open the truck, and the guy beats himself and gives himself amnesia. So he gets away with, like, seven counts of murder, and Clark's uh, identity isn't given up. Well, it's sort of... I, I, this is just my interpretation of, of it, the whole thing. It's like the ghosts of, it's sort of like he was, he, he was also possessed. Uh, like he got excised, kind of, because he, he kind of loses his powers, right? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of a really quick wrap up. Like that scene is like two minutes at max. The next episode is, it's a shame that this character, then it was the character, the villain of the week and that, and episode two that shows up in the 200th episode and not uh jeremy creek because it would have had it would have had a bigger effect uh, if it was this character yeah because i'm trying to remember is that like the guy who clark stopped but then like him getting stopped like turned his life around yeah yeah but the thing is like since this guy had amnesia he wouldn't know that clark did anything so they kind of yeah. wrote themselves into the corner with that but we get our um so after this we get our last shot of the episode which is lana shows up at the born of solitude Puts on music, it gives Clark the last dance. Uh, and then, everything by Life, Lifehouse. Yes. We are the soundtrack to the show. And then she leaves, goes to her house. Clark, once again, creepily stalks on her through his telescope. And that's the episode. Well, he says, uh, thanks for the dance, Lana. Yeah. And she, for some, I don't know how this is possible. She, it's like she heard it and she turns around or she, she turns yeah. her head back. Well, it's like the whole thing of this show early on, especially like in these first several seasons, like her, him and Lana have this like beard soul connection yeah and then they built it up for so long and then when they finally realized oh wait he can't end up with her they write it off in the goofiest dumbest way possible actually they do that like two or three times they do that they do time travel she gets infused with kryptonite a bunch of different things that they do to like make it so that they can never be together again but that's this first episode i guess a couple of little things that kind of to give an idea once again this shows 2001 filmed in vancouver just like all the cw stuff uh, I think we went over Tom Welling, kind of a lot of the other notes. Uh, there is some, I do have some other stuff. All right, awesome. The scene where Clark is crucified in the cornfield wearing only his boxer short, it was shot on such a chilly night that Tom Welling's breath could can clearly be seen in the air. Oh, that's cool. That actually worked. I'm sure that sucks for him, but like it made that shot, like, which is why it's so iconic for this show, so good. Yeah, a tight shooting schedule prevented any delay in the shooting. Pete, Tom Welling was... Like the producers and everything and crew were were blown away by that he could do the scene under the, the, those conditions. Next is Michael Rosenbaum was cast as Lex Luthor about a week before production began on, on the show. Yeah, well, of, of all the actors in the show, like we said, the guy who plays Whitney has done a lot. Like Michael Rosenbaum 
has done so much in like the genre. Like he does so much voice acting. He voiced the Flash in basically everything that you saw in kind of the same time period with the Teeniverse and all the Justice League stuff and Batman and Superman. He did Kid Flash and Teen Titans. He did a voice for Batman Beyond. He was Dead Man in a show. He showed up for in total CGI in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, volume two. He, yeah, volume two. He's the diamond dude. Um, he had to do like a bunch of stuff because similarly, like to get his look, they had to shave his day, head every day and do makeup on it so that it didn't look like he had stubble. So the idea is that he doesn't shave his head, that he is like kind of bald from the kryptonite, which goes on when he comes back later on in the show, how terrible the bald cap to give him looks. Yeah, uh, Kristen Crook was the first person cast in the show. Really? Yeah. Um... And she went on to play Chung Lee in a Street Fighter movie. And Beauty in a Beauty in the BCW show, which was terrible. Yeah, that it was. Uh, the episode broke the WB's record for a number of viewers for a debut series. Yep, 8.4 million. And again, yeah, that's a good point. This is the WB before Warner Brothers, I guess, sold off the channel and it became the CW. Well, no, it's it wasn't necessarily W. It, they, like selling off of the channel wb and cbs or no yeah there was like a merger type thing with the wb and upn yes those two channels merged and certain shows made it other shows didn't uh the pilot ran for 70 minutes however a large number of fans had set their vcr timers to run for just an hour so the network <laughs> was inundated with complaints from people who had missed the last 10 minutes there's now a shorter version which is presumably the one that is the main one out there yeah, I watched it on Hulu, so I'm guessing I watched the shorter version. I watched on Amazon, so I think I think I think the one. Well, I ha- also have the uh, Blu-ray set or the DVD box set. Okay, yeah, I want. I know I looked on all the things, and Hulu was the second I looked, and they had it in HD, which was interesting because I guess this was shot in film, so they were able to make HD versions. I guess other little trivia: Smallville actually beat Stargate as the longest-running sci-fi show. Uh, in North America, like not the channel, but actual science fiction series, which this show was on forever. Ten seasons, but like nine and a half to ten years. I don't think it quite made ten years, but like it's on forever. Oh no, it it, it was, well... Was it longer than ten years, right? Yeah, it, it, the reason it did, the dates still match, well... Is there like a writer strike in there or something at some point? There was the 2007-2008 writer strike, which I believe was season six or seven. I guess um, the only final things I want to bring up. Um, well, there's actually kind of, there's actually oh. uh, just two more things I just want to. Okay, cool. Uh, Cynthia Enninger was originally cast as Martha Kent. Oh, what is she from? I have no idea, but she was for, for some unknown reason. She was recast, but with the the role was recast with another tool before the pilot was broadcast. Which thank God, because she's amazing in the show and also one of the longest running actors in the series. Yeah, uh, the director of the pilot was David Nutter, who was who also done like over a hundred pilot uh, like for direction or directing for shows. Uh, in the opening scene during the meteor shower, outside of a store, there's a child's quarter Superman helicopter ride with the S-Shield on the window being visible. Oh. Yeah, they really went all out with the little Easter eggs in this pilot, especially. Especially uh, after when after the, the accident or the car crash. When Clark is on the banks of the river, he has a red blanket on his back, mimicking his cape. Yes. I guess the only other thing is... Like, 
to me that I would bring, like I want to bring up is that the only thing that really dates this show for me is the fashion. That's only the characters that are like the high school kids mostly, because all the adults tend to wear either suits or just kind of denim. Especially Chloe, like Chloe looks so nineties, like crazy. Her and Lana, I guess that's women's fashion mostly. Like Chloe has like the weird pixie hair and all the clips. But otherwise, I feel like the show aged really well, at least on this pilot episode. The effects were very good, and for a pilot episode for a show, they crammed in so much without like having somebody come and explain everything like in a giant exposition dump. Like you got to see everything. Like, this episode was very much a show and not tell for one of these type of shows, which we do not get a lot of. Um, like, I love Black Lightning, but Gamby on that show is an exposition machine. And he he looks like the American John Hurt. At <laughs> yes. point. Nothing against, I mean, rest in, like, God bless John Hurt's soul. But if they ever needed a, a new Professor Broom for the, for the Hellboy reboot they just get hit they i don't think he they didn't even they'd even have to do it alter anything if he looks yeah exactly but i do think like of anything we're gonna do this is definitely like gonna be our longest episode because we have to go through every single character we get to see for the first time like we're not gonna have to explain except for maybe who the bad guys of the week are for a long time out I, because we went over basically all the main cast in this episode yeah i can't wait honestly till we get to season nine Mainly for the JSA episodes. Oh, and the terrible Dr. Fate costume. Yeah. Hey, but it's also our first live-action appearance of uh, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And Hawkman. And oh, Star man. Spangled, or a grown-up, or Star... Uh, it's Star Spangled Girl, isn't it? Well, original, at first, it was the grown-up version of Star Spangled Kid, then Star Girl. Yeah, they do so much in this show, and of course, because they was on for 10 seasons like they were grabbing at anything by the time they got to seasons six and seven like it was craziness yeah and the interesting thing is that or the kind of cool thing is that tom Welling got to direct a bunch of episodes of the show yeah that makes a lot of sense it happens in a lot of these like long-running tv shows um for me the ones that come to mind are like your law and orders and like those kind of crime dramas that last on tv for like 30 years like, usually those, uh, a lot of the actors and stuff will get to direct and write episodes because it's, like, the only way to keep them on. Because basically, they couldn't do this show without Tom Welling. Like, he was the show. And of which we see, like, of any other character, he's the only one that they constantly needed to keep on. I think only him and Chloe are the only characters that are on every season, right? Well, at the... at. Once it gets to around season nine, season ten, Chloe is limited. Kind of it goes yeah. goes to recurring. But like they're the only ones that are legitimately in every season, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, another tool that makes guest appearances. Lex every now. is gone for like a good two or three seasons. Well, they they do the very sci-fi. Yeah. Effect or storyline with Lex. Yeah. Well, that was goofy. But we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I guess it's kind of... On to plugs? Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. You can find me on Twitter at TheAlamir. You can find me on Instagram. my Instagram of me po- posting comic book imagery, mostly panels and stuff, at Comics Boy. Uh, by the time this comes out, or hopefully by the time 
this comes out, you can and get ready for an, a new episode of Video Game Hour, a very special pre-E3 one, with myself, Hunter Devonport, and a special guest. Oh, nice. And um, I'm Lou Gonzalez. I'm Lou A. Gonzalez on Twitter and Instagram, although I don't really use either that much. I'm always in the Phantom Zone group, talking tons of smack. Um, and then I guess appear in Phantom Zone, well, not quite often, but, you know, we there, and hopefully we can get to this podcast. Um, I think our goal is to do two episodes a week. Also, listen to the Phantom Zone, obviously. Join the group. Yes. Facebook.com slash the Phantom Zone. We finally made it to 250 members. All right, we've been your world's finest. See you next time. Good night, Smallville. <laughs>